Uh, hey everyone, welcome to the Good News Podcast and really, really going to get into a conversation here that I think you're going to enjoy at so many levels. This is Ronnie Bahari with us today. Ronnie is our new minister at North Bramley United Church. She's just come on our staff and uh, we've been waiting for Ronnie to come for almost a year, so we're so excited to have her. Ronnie's role is Minister of Discipleship and she, you'll you'll just catch this, I think, in this conversation. This is such an area that is, is so close to her heart and so right for her. I love in this conversation, we get to some practical realities as far as just even getting to know Ronnie and this transition for her and things like what kind of TV shows she watches and what she does for exercise. I love the just the realness of it, but we also go real deep into some pretty significant conversations around racial justice and reconciliation work. And I know I was I was blown away. I was my my mind has been expanded, my heart has been expanded, my desire for this work has grown through this conversation. Friends, I hope yours does as well. Let's dive in. Uh, hey everyone, welcome to the Good News Podcast. I have with me today Ronnie Bahari. Ronnie is our new minister, our minister of discipleship at NBUC, North Bramley United Church. And uh, really excited to sit down with Ronnie today and talk about a number of things, including this huge transition, Ronnie. And mm -hmm. when we think about uh, what's happening as you enter into life at NBUC, I'm sure people know all about transitions uh, these days because the pandemic has brought so much change. But but for you, I'd love to just jump in there. Um, what's it been like for you to enter into such a significant transi transition as you've come on to be part of the staff and team here in ministry at NBUC? I think um, well, what's helped me to process lots of difference, Jamie, is the fact that um, I'm curious about difference. Mm. And people are so warm and friendly. The retreat certainly helped me to get to know about how people arrived here at NBUC um, and to know what's in their heart mm. in terms of their commitments to self mm. and to the church. Mm. And um, so it was a great place to have those conversations and then to connect one-on-one -on -one with folks at the church. Mm. Um, to have had a few meetings with you as well. Mm -hmm. And um, just to meet the congregation. Mm. People are so warm and caring and, and um, just being patient with myself, mm. listening to my body, mm. knowing when I need to rest, mm. mm -hmm. when I need to say, okay, I've had enough for mm. today. Um, and just staying grounded in the things that help to keep me um, feeling calm mm -hmm. and fully present. Mm. So exercise does that. Um, daily devotions, they do that for me as well. A uh, family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, these um, these rituals, these these um, habits, disciplines that are part of your life, yeah. they, they become even more important, I think, through a time of transition and change. And I think during the pandemic, a lot of us have experienced that where um, these these ways that we try to stay healthy on a daily basis have become more important than, than ever before. So yeah, really encouraged to, to hear that's part of your life and certainly part of you know the, this transition as, as well as just what you do you know overall to, to, to stay healthy um you mentioned ronnie um just the awareness of your energy you know and, yes. and love to tap into that a little bit more and talk about that if, if you're okay with that because i think sometimes um 
we we aren't aware of our energy and we're not aware of whether we're tired or what we're going through. And I, I think going through something new, mm-hmm. in my sense is that really can be a draining period. And and so what is it like for you to, to be aware of that? And how, what are some of the cues that you, you pay attention to that you might even know that you're tired? Think, okay, when that's happening... I need to. I need to be aware that I, I'm getting a little tired. I, you know, I, I get, I'm, I'm just monitoring my energy, especially during some some things like like now we're going through so many new things. So, how, yeah, I guess how do you, how do you monitor that? How do you manage that? How do you how do you even what what is it you're aware of when you talk about recognize you were tired or trying to manage yeah. your energy? Yeah. So, like I remember um, during the first week going home, I'm feeling mentally tired. Mm. Right, just mentally tired and physically tired. And just um, realizing, okay, I need to do something else. Okay. Like, um, like do something that, that I really enjoy. Like maybe watch a great TV show or, um, or exercise, go to the gym. Mm-hmm. I do that sometimes. Um, and yeah, just get my mind off all these new things that I'm yeah. trying to understand or mm-hmm. work through. And just do something that that feeds me. Mm. That's all about mm-hmm. me and my needs and my refueling. Mm-hmm. So sometimes that's an activity. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's watching TV. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's exercise. Sometimes it's a nap. Yep. Yeah. Love it. I love it. Well, I love how real that is because I think sometimes yeah. people think, um, oh, uh, Ronnie is a, a minister, you know, uh, Reverend Ronnie Bahari <laughs> and, and you know, uh, otherworldly, not even human. And, and, you know, just recognize that I love that you've just so beautifully named you are human. And, and these are the, the these real things that other people do are also the kinds of real things that you do to, to be re-energized, to be healthy. I, I love... One leader once said, um, he said, we are in charge of our own inspiration, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I, I hear that you like just managing that, monitor that, and then choosing what you need to do that day or that week to really kind of get refueled and re-energized. Um, love to hear, Ronnie, just even even getting down to the practicality of, you know, when you watch TV or when you watch whatever you watch, what what kind of what kind of things do you watch? Um, <laughs> what do you do at the gym? Like when you go out to exercise, what does exercise look like for you? I, I just think people because I think often we we just don't we don't get to that level and and be fun to just hear a bit about okay. that too if, if that's so okay. So what do I look at? What do I look at on TV? I look at sitcoms. Okay. So you know the Young Sheldon series. <laughs> Absolutely. I looked at the Young Sheldon series. <laughs> That's great. Um, what else do I look at? I look at Full House. I, I think yeah. it's cute. Um, yeah, those are among some of my favorites. I just like to laugh. Mm-hmm. And um, if I can find something that's somewhat clean or mostly clean, sure, yeah, then I have a good laugh. Nice, nice. And when I go to the gym, I do about 10 minutes of um, cardio on the treadmill. And I work out with light weights. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Just trying to, like, I used to go regularly up until the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then during the pandemic, well, most gyms were closed. Mm. So I just started going back. So okay. it's almost like trying to to uh, rebuild, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I enjoy, you know, like, seeing people that I used to connect with before I moved to North Bay. Mm. So like I have a friend, Linda, mm-hmm. who still goes to the gym. Nice. From way back when. Yeah, and you... so we, you know, just say hi. And even just the energy yeah. of people working out around you. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I quite enjoy that. And then at home when I'm not at the gym, I just turn on some fun music on YouTube and just work out. Nice. Like I have some free weights at home too as well. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah. That's cool. I love that. I love how you can meet people at the gym, a grocery store, classes mm-hmm. that you do outside of the church. And those relationships are, are really life-giving and important as well. So cool. So cool. Well, Ronnie, one of one of the things I know that is important to our ministry here at NBC, and I, I know you share the the passion for this. And as we come through um, Black History Month, it's a time where it's on even more people's radars. But but just really the work towards racial justice and, and reconciliation, and and uh, yeah, I'd love to talk a bit about that today, and just just hear your heart around that, why that's important to you, um, how God is in the midst of that conversation mm-hmm. and work that we've been called to do together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. Well, first, I just need to clarify my own history mm, because nice. yeah. um, I am a racialized person. Mm-hmm. Um, but traditionally, Black History Month has been around the history of Black Canadians mm. and um, Black Americans, mm. African Americans and Afro Canadians. So um, I'm not going to tell you the whole history. <laughs> But between 1845 and 1917, after the emancipation of slavery, um, my people came to the Caribbean, Mm. and specifically my ancestors Mm. came to Trinidad and Tobago. So my paternal ancestors came directly. My maternal ancestors came through another small island. Mm. And um, speaking of my paternal ancestors, from my dad's side, Mm They came from a region of India known as Bihar. So mm. my name is Bihari, ah. named after the region Bihar, which was a town in Bengal. Mm. And they came as indented laborers. Mm. Um, what mm. that meant is that they would receive a small wage. Um, it's generally people from the lower castes who came, so they didn't have much of Mm-hmm. They didn't have much of a future in India, so uh, they were recruited to come, and um, they stayed in the same barracks as slaves. Mm. Um, men were separated from their wives and their children, so you can imagine that there was some stress. Yeah, um, there was a degree of systemic oppression. Mm. But it was not slavery. Mm. So the histories are mm. unique. Mm-hmm. They, as I mentioned, the places where they stayed were the same places where the slaves stayed. Um, they experienced, um, to some degree, um, racial discrimination mm-hmm. from the colonizers, mm. as well as some internalized racism mm. and conflict mm. with the former slaves. Mm. Mm-hmm. But the history, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, I don't want to get into that history now because we're here to talk about Black History Month. Mm-hmm. And Black History Month is about stories. Mm-hmm. The story that I enticed mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. possibly to know Absolutely. more about. Yeah. If you want to talk about that uh, later in the year, I'd be mm-hmm. happy. Okay. Um, in my home country on May 30th, my home country is Trinidad and Tobago. Um, we celebrate Indian Arrival Day. India Arrival Day. Indian, Indian Arrival, Arrival Day. Day. Okay, wow. When we remember the, the East Indians yeah. who came as indentured laborers. Okay. 
So obviously, some completed their five years, and I think there was something like a 10-year residency. They had the option to go back, but many, Mm -hmm. if not most, stayed. Mm -hmm. Because by then, you can imagine that there was a lot of distance and Mm -hmm. separation from your families. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So my ancestors obviously stayed. Wow, yeah. So your how how has that impacted um, your your upbringing, your family, your traditions, your yeah, just just those cultures coming together? How, yeah, how how has that been weaved and worked into into your um, your life as you as you look back? Well, um, my my dad is a Christian, but he he came from a Hindu family who mm. chose, and he himself chose Christianity later in life. Mm. My mom's family. Um, they, like her Christian uh, faith of origin goes back at least two generations Mm. to her great-grandmother, who was Roman Catholic. Mm. Um, My my great-grandfather, his name was David Ramuta, who was a lay preacher in the church, Mm. um, he would have been converted by Presbyterian missionaries who mm. came, who initially came in 1868. Mm. John Morton was the first missionary to come, mm-hmm. and um, they um, formed an alliance with the government because it, Indians, as I told you, um, were living with a degree of systemic oppression, mm-hmm. um, and they were not um, formally educated. Mm. And so the Presbyterians from Canada, Nova Scotia. Um, they had been involved in establishing a mission through education, I think somewhere in India. Mm. So they had that experience. And they came to Trinidad. The government would benefit because they would um, educate the East Indians. And the East Indians um, would have an opportunity to be converted to Christianity. Mm. So some of the East Indians all of the East Indians, I should say, embraced the education. Mm. And for those who didn't choose uh, Christianity, they still saw God at work mm. through education, mm-hmm. liberating them mm. and offering opportunities where, sure. where they could live into their full potential, where their kids could become doctors mm-hmm. and, and lawyers and teachers, because some of them actually came to Canada to study as well. Mm, amazing. Um, and, um, and so they still received the liberation and many East Indians as well. So my family, um, or some of my family became Presbyterians. Mm. So my background is actually Presbyterian. Okay, wow! But you have Christian and Hindu background. Yes. If you, yeah. So would would you? What, what what has been the impact on your faith? I'm just, really, just having both those backgrounds. Um, and do you have do you have family still in India? Uh, um. Maybe I do, but I don't know That's my family. A long time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So um, yeah, what what's how is that? How is you know, recognizing that's part of your your history and and how you've got to where you are today. How has God worked through all of that? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. How's God worked through all of that? Well, God has worked through all of that because I think, like, I'm well rooted mm-hmm. in my tradition mm-hmm. as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus. 
Mm-hmm. And the story that I was going to allude to uh, through the gospel mm-hmm. to talk about why racial justice mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. reconciliation is important. Um, in a way, it sets the tone for what I understand as a person of faith involved in interfaith and interracial mm-hmm. engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it helps to explain why I am the way I am. And it also explains why Christians should be committed to this work. Mm. Uh, in this story, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus had just finished explaining to the scribes and Pharisees that, you know, you talk about what a person puts into their mouth, that if mm. they didn't wash their hands and they ate, that they, they're defiling their bodies and, and not following the commandments of God. But it's what comes out of your heart. Mm. Mm-hmm. That matters, right? And and he goes on to say that you know you have certain traditions that that actually have become oppressive. Mm-hmm. Like there was one called Corbin, where you could say that the money or the finances that I should give to my parents to help them, if I offer it to God, you're saying. So the priest would say, if you offer it to God. You can see that I don't have to take care of that parental obligation because mm. I offered it to the temple. I mm. offered it to God. So you're excused. And Jesus was saying, no, mm. no, mm-hmm. fulfilling the God's law of love is more important. Mm-hmm. Now, getting back to what I was trying to explain about how my faith relates to this mm-hmm. interfaith view and, and, and what it means to be um, a Christian, but with Hindu family. Mm-hmm. The law of love is the most important thing. Mm. And in this little story where Jesus enters after that conversation, and I hope this thread is making sense, mm-hmm. he enters into the house of a Gentile woman, mm. right? And he, he does something that I think we all can learn from. It's a bit shocking because we see a human side of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we all have assumptions about our beliefs, right? Because along with our belief um, comes a limited understanding. Mm -hmm. We grow in understanding as we relate to others. Mm -hmm. So in his day and time, right, he believed that his mission was limited to the Jews. Mm. But the Spirit was working in him and working in this woman. Mm who was a desperate parent seeking healing for her child. Mm -hmm. And she came begging Jesus. And he used maybe the crude language of the day to say, no, no, we got to feed the children first. Mm -hmm. Can't take the children's food and give it to the dogs. Mm -hmm. And what I learned from Jesus as a Christian relating to my Hindu ancestors Mm. and my Muslim friends, it's just because your worldview mm. or what you were taught isn't the same as the other person's worldview. Just because you're challenged, that's not the time to shut down. Mm. That's the time to open up your heart mm-hmm. and listen. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because God may be trying to speak to you. God may be trying to deepen your understanding mm. mm-hmm. of what God is doing now. Mm. Mm. And that woman 
obviously the spirit is working through her, empowering empowering her to say, but don't mm-hmm. the dogs eat the scraps mm-hmm. of the table? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. I believe. And I admire Jesus because he doesn't walk away from the conversation. Mm-hmm. He stays into the conversation. We don't mm-hmm. get a lot mm-hmm. of the dialogue mm-hmm. from Matthew 7, verse 24. Quarter thirty. We don't hear a lot of the back and forth thing, but I think there's a lot of back and forth thing mm-hmm. that goes on there. Mm-hmm. And that table that he was talking about, where the children are fed and the dogs are underneath, that becomes a table for reconciliation. Mm-hmm. So my approach with my Hindu mm-hmm. relatives and my Muslim friends. Is I, I know what I believe and I know who Jesus is. Mm. And if Jesus can allow and make space for his sense of mission and purpose to deepen, and if his spirit resides in me, then I can make space mm. for that sense of purpose and mission to deepen within me. Mm. And, and that our table, mm-hmm. our communion table, our proverbial table of fellowship, yeah can indeed be a table of reconciliation mm. where stories are heard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we may not see everything the same way. All of our beliefs may yeah. not be yeah. the same. But there are moments of grace mm. where our understanding of God and God's mission expands. Mm-hmm. And I, ex- I experienced that in my personal life. Mm. I had Hindu family, but I went to a Muslim school as well. Mm. And I experienced that as well after 9-11. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you want to maybe, because yeah, I'd love to hear a bit bit about your own real life experience uh, around this, Ronnie. Yeah, please. Um, Like, I I, kind of sense that Mm. maybe you want to know more about the 9-11 experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, around Mm -hmm. 9-11, I mean, I was a student at Emmanuel College. I I was uh, working not as an ordained minister, but as an outreach minister mm-hmm. in um, Rexdale at Martin Grove United Church. Yeah. And I would take the bus back and forth. And um, I remember one day <clears throat> in trying to engage in conversation with a Muslim woman, and I could just feel the anxiousness. Mm-hmm. And... I realized that 9-11 was a pretty bad thing and many people died. Mm-hmm. But that one of the fallouts of it and one of the harmful fallouts was Islamophobia. Mm-hmm. That, that um, Muslims were living with a sense of fear because mm-hmm. you, you were also hearing of hate crimes. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the love of Jesus at work in my own heart said, this is the time for more dialogue. Mm, absolutely. And I helped that local congregation to connect with a local mosque mm. so that we could have an imam and some people from the mosque come over to the church. Amazing. And, and share about their faith. And then we have food and fellowship mm-hmm. and um, a time to know one another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm, I, I think I when you live in a community as diverse as Brampton, yeah. knowing one another, oh. um, the opportunity is there. Yeah, 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 absolutely. No, I totally so agree. And, and um, 
some of the things that you've talked about, it seems to me from from Jesus' story of uh, of, of opening himself up to others that maybe others mm-hmm. weren't open to at the time, to your own experiences. I, I love that phrase, open up our hearts, open up ourselves to to listen and understand and deepen our 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 connection with people, especially people who are different from ourselves and who have different stories and different histories. I, I, re- I just really love love that um, idea. I think it's it's part of the movement and work that God is calling us to in this in the city. As you say, Ronnie, like Brampton is as diverse as any place you'll yeah. ever find. And what what does maybe we could talk about what what does that look like in practice? I, um, I think some people. Um, hopefully more and more people over time are opening themselves up to these conversations, actually wanting to have these conversations, wanting to to learn and grow and, and again, work for reconciliation, for connection, for a human life together. Um, but I think sometimes people wonder, well, how, how do I go about that? What does that look like in, in practice? And so I'd love to just maybe talk a bit about that from your own experience, but also just as you envision what the future might be and how we can work together towards this, what that might look like for, for, for a, a, absolutely a church community, but, but even maybe just down to the level of an individual person, an individual, um, how, how do we work at this? Mm-hmm. Jamie, I think there are two parts to mm-hmm. that, right? Um, so we, we want to create spaces where we can know each other. Mm. But going back to the script here, mm-hmm. Jesus models something for us, mm. right? Um, that is kind of underwritten into the text. We need to be ready to have our assumptions mm. examined, mm. Mm. right? Mm-hmm. And to allow the Spirit to work. Mm-hmm. So we need to create spaces where we can talk about Christian privilege. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. an example of Christian privilege mm-hmm. is we get Christmas off, right? Mm-hmm. We get Easter off. Mm-hmm. If you're from a different faith, if you're mm-hmm. a Hindu or a Muslim, you have to negotiate with your employer mm-hmm. to get those holy days off, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, and yeah. you may or may not get them off. Mm-hmm. That's privilege. Wow, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, right? absolutely. Uh, and we have to be willing to examine our privilege. Black History Month is coming up. Mm-hmm. We we have to be open to the conversations, just as Jesus was, to examine. Okay, so what is white privilege? Mm-hmm. Um, it simply is. We need to do the work of understanding how racism works. Mm how privilege works Mm. so that we can then envision what it means to be something different. Mm. Like I love the work that Mm. the United Church did in, I I think it was around 2006. Mm. They cast a vision for becoming an intercultural church. Mm. Now for me, I, I, my, my understanding of intercultural, um, it builds on what the United Church did, but I look to Jesus because mm. I see Jesus mm. engaging interculturally, mm. particularly <laughs> in the story that I lifted up, mm-hmm. which for those of you listening would mm-hmm. be the story um, of Jesus encountering this Syrophoenician woman. Mm-hmm. Jesus engages interculturally as mm. spirit works in that relationship. Mm-hmm. So we... We, if Jesus can do it, it takes courage mm-hmm. to 
to have his assumptions examined mm. by the spirit that was working it, we can do it. Mm-hmm. Jesus mm. is with us. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if we're willing to have our assumptions examined, then we create a more authentic space mm. for ourselves mm-hmm. and the person that we're in dialogue with to truly know one another, mm-hmm. to be blessed by each other, to experience a kind of mutuality mm-hmm. where barriers become a channel for communication mm. and we live with an enlarged sense of God's mission mm. and of what reconciliation is. Mm. Mm. Love that. You see, Love, like yeah. I see reconciliation yeah. being formed into the heart of Jesus and it can be formed into our hearts too. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. As followers of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Ronnie. I just really love that vision and that connection to Jesus' heart becoming our heart as we, as we, as we really be honest about our assumptions, you know, and, and, and there's a humility that comes with yeah. that, I think, isn't it? That I haven't got all figured out. I'm learning, about, but there's a humility that's really important, um, a, a, a desire to, to really learn about other people who are different from us and their history and, uh, just yeah, really, really love the vision of that that you've offered here, and and you you mentioned a term Christian privilege, white privilege, and um, yeah, I think I think the more we get used to recognizing the reality of it, like that was I, that was a great example. Yeah, and I have privilege too. Like, yeah. like I speak English, yeah. mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. There's privilege that goes with that. Yeah, I I have two degrees, mm-hmm. right? Um, I I've lived in Canada since 1985. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have privilege as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, some of that privilege I've earned, mm. uh, but white privilege is generally unearned. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It, it simply is. It's, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. It's, and, and certainly, even if people have done things to maybe earn some of the kinds of things you're talking about, whether it be an income or whether it be a status or a job, there is a sense of having had an opportunity for that because of. Your color that that you know mm. that's really underneath all that as well. Can we talk a bit about what what do you do with that? I think sometimes people wonder. Some people I, I I think still struggle with understanding that. And fair enough. Let's keep talking about it, and and you know we'll come to a deeper understanding of what these terms mean around privilege. But even even if one is at the point where they're recognizing, okay, that's what that means. Um, I think people wonder what do I do with that? You know, how do I yeah. how do I bring change? recognizing that what do i do with this any because you you i can tell you've you've and i know you've thought a lot you've been working at this and and really really appreciate that i love that you're bringing that to our our community both here in in this church but also in this city as we work at this but what yeah any 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 thoughts on that like what do we do once we recognize yeah we there's a privilege that i have that not everyone has what do we do with that Mm -hmm. well Privilege simply is privilege. There's no judgment attached to mm. it. It's good to mm. name it. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. good, like it's it's not blaming. Yeah, yeah. it's naming. Yeah, I Ring. love that because I think people do feel guilty, feel blamed, you know, uh, shame in some ways. Yeah. Once they acknowledge that, I love how you just express that. Thank yeah. you. Sorry to cut you off, but I just really love that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's naming it, mm-hmm. and then. Like I've I've been involved in project work. I've I've worked with the Canadian Churches Forum for Global Mission. Mm. I, I'm so grateful for them 
because um, I had um, been introduced to them in preparation for uh, a trip that I did to Trinidad as mm. an intern for three months, returning to my home country. Mm. I had to do some preparation work for um, for going to a country other than Canada. Mm. And then around the same time when I came back, within a few years, they changed their focus because more people were going to different countries. People, Canada was becoming more diverse, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, they were doing work around how do we train people to engage diversity mm. um, in positive ways? And so we can use the privilege we have to, to be an ally, mm. to be a part of the healing process. Mm -hmm. I had experienced systemic racism in my own life too as well. Mm. And I am going to keep some of that confidential, but mm -hmm. some of that was within the church, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, within local congregations yeah. that were not used to racial difference mm. in, in visible roles in ministry, sure. not yeah. at that time. Yeah. And so um, mm. out of that experience and out of the experience of being a little bit more educated about race and racial justice, what I chose to do was to and, and was invited to do as well was to become a part of a team of designers mm. for a program called Deepening Understanding for Intercultural Ministry. Mm. Uh, so um, I was given the opportunity to bring my experience and and to receive some training in how to develop okay. educational programs, Beautiful. experiential mm. programs for adults. And to be part of a writing team mm. and to also be involved in some co-facilitation work. Mm. So we can take mm -hmm. the areas of our life where we experience some woundedness. And it's amazing that God can, that when we reflect on those experiences, mm -hmm. that God can use those experiences as well as the gifts or the talents that we have in our lives to be a blessing mm. and out of that to create a sense of purpose. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I've moved further from your question. So if you want to reorient mm, no, me, no. you can feel you're, free. You're good. You're good. No, Ronnie, just, just thank you. Uh, yeah. I, um, I have uh, great, um, gratitude that God has called you to North Bramley United church here. And part of the team, I love, love how you've expressed this today and what, what you're bringing to this community, and both here, we believe that that the church is really meant to be a beacon of hope and light in the community as Jesus's followers. And, and, and today, and, and I just really see you helping us um, not only in this conversation, which is so important, it's a great place to start, but we want to we want to lead to change and action, and yeah. uh, just love what you've offered. It's some really significant things grounded in the gospel, you know, as far as. Uh, yeah, we can we can name these things and, and 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 move forward together and try to work past some of our assumptions and find healing and and just a togetherness. Um, that's I think beautiful the way God designed the world to be, and I just really appreciate how you've how you've shared that today. So thanks so much, Ronnie, and and what love to close with the Good News Podcast, a little rapid fire here, sure. if we could. So let's have some fun with this one, if that's all right. Um, what's the best thing going on in your home and your family these days? Um, 
The best thing going on is I just have this incredibly supportive spouse. Hmm. I'm trying to be an incredibly supportive spouse by getting us uh, signed up to be a part of the Hamilton Astronomy Club. So um, we're aiming to go to the um, February meeting, which is the second Wednesday (laughs) um, of the month. (laughs) So hopefully that's where we'll be. (laughs) (laughs) Second Wednesday of February. That's awesome. Of February. Uh, Great. Um, Very cool. What's the best thing going on in your neighborhood, in your community? In my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, you know, I was up north for uh, Black History Month in the last couple of years. Um, and and there might have been some opportunities, um, but there are more here. Mm. So mm. I, I saw an opportunity to attend um, a concert on February 4th um, at Port Nelson United Church. Um, th- that's the venue. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, bl- they are featuring the music of Black artists who performed at the uh, Brant Inn, mm. which was. Um, which is a historic a place um, in Burlington. Mm. So I, I'm kind of hoping to be able to take in cool. that activity. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, finally, the best thing going on in our world these days. Um, hard to mm-hmm. pin that down, but I celebrate the fact that uh, the first female minister was ordained in the Holy Land. Hmm. And I think that happened on the weekend. Okay. Wow. And that, that is breaks definitely, a number that is of glass ceilings. Something to celebrate. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Ronnie, thanks again. Love to say a prayer to close. Uh, sure. Yeah. 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 Loving and gracious God. My goodness. We have felt your presence in the midst of this conversation in a very, very real way. So thank you for, um, for Ronnie, for your work in her life, for calling her to this community, for her. Her pa- we can just hear and feel her passion for you and for bringing about racial equality, for allowing us all to, to just be open to, to each other, to be open to ourselves, to name those assumptions and to do it with a, with a sense of, of grace, but also moving forward together in a new way. And so we just trust this conversation and this work um, that we entrusted to you and that you will energize and enable us to be a part of it in whatever way you need us. Thanks again for this conversation. May everyone be blessed, inspired, encouraged, and even challenged too as you lead us forward together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, thanks again, Ronnie. You're welcome. So much. And thank you, everyone, for being a part of this conversation and a beautiful life together. May God bless you and be with you. Hope to see you again real soon. Thank you. Hey everyone, don't you just love Ronnie, man? I just, I just loved her honesty, and I loved her passion for the gospel. You could just, you could just hear it in in her voice. I, I, I really just have come to respect and, and value and, and love that about, about Ronnie. The love of Jesus is just overflowing um, in her and through her. And that, you know, just to, to be so, so passionate about some significant conversations 
and 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 I just love the way that she's expressed some of these ideas. Just so honest, humble, um, but very very confident and courageous too. Uh, the the idea of just recognizing our assumptions and that has really hit me today. Something that that I want to spend some more time on. It, it's so easy to surface. It's so easy to to miss the the fact that we all have these assumptions about people who are different from ourselves and just to be real about them, to name them, to have enough conversation to even recognize them. Those those terms that, that I know sometimes are hard to hear. Uh, Christian privilege, white privilege, but really appreciate the, the way that Ronnie named those those realities. And and as she did, I found myself thinking I can I can name that too and and be okay with that. I love the grace that 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 came with Ronnie's encouragement to to not feel guilty or bad about these things, but just to just to be aware of them and to recognize them. That's not only the first step, but probably the most important step and everything will flow from there. This whole idea, I guess, was at the heart of the conversation, was just being open, having open hearts, open minds to other people, to their experiences and their past, and 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 that to, to each other. That's I, I just want to leave you on that one, friends, that, that if we want to work together towards a, a more just a racial reconciliation, um, getting along, connected, uh, living and working and playing together with our neighbors who are different from us, maybe that is the key, to just have an open heart, to be open to others. And certainly Jesus, as Ronnie said so well in this conversation, has modeled that for us and will give us all that we need to live that out as well. Friends, can't tell you how much I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being a part of the Good News Podcast family. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Good News with Jamie Holtham. You can subscribe to the Good News Podcast. You can share this with your friends, especially if this has been an important conversation that you think they would be blessed by as well. Please, please do that. Friends, thanks again for being a part of all of this. God bless you, be with you. Hope to see you again real soon.